If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream it, download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bat mates Hello and welcome to Batmates. You all didn't think we could do 10 episodes, but we made it. We did it. We're here. My name is Josh, and have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? My name is Becca, and do you want to know how I got these scars? Well, I'm the Joker, baby! If you're new to the podcast, my future wife and I discuss Silver Age comics amongst ourselves and then talk about the villain that's featured in the comic. So today we're talking about Clayface. No, no. We already did him. Yes. Croc? Not Killer Croc. Are we talking about... Um, false Face. False Face. No, we're not doing it. Uh, some mysterious female villain yet to be invented. No. No, I know. We're talking about Harley Quinn. <laughs> not at all. She did not exist until 1994 or something. Yeah. If she did do a Silver Age comic, do you think it would be funny? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Would she be all, she'd be in like a cocktail dress that was like half red, half black. Oh, yeah. And then she'd be like, I'm your doll, Batman. <laughs> I think they should do stuff in the style of the Silver Age comics with modern characters. I think it would be great. Yeah. I bet Harley would have some really silly schemes in the Silver Age. I would like to see this. She likes to steal like hard to steal things. Mm -hmm. Like Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> So, writers of the past, get on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're doing Joker. We're doing Joker. We're doing the iconic, kind of the first Batman villain. He was in Batman number one. Hmm. So just like a year after his first uh, appearance in Detective Comics, I think. Oh, cool. One of the originals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're talking about Joker. We're not going to do any news this week because we have a lot to get into. Yes. Um, happy Thanksgiving. This year, I'm thankful for Batman. <laughs> and all of you for listening. Uh, so should we just get right into the comic? I think we should. We're doing Batman number 97. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell me a little bit about Batman number 97? I sure can. Uh, it was written by Bill Finger. The penciler was Sheldon Maldoff. The anchor was Charles Paris. And the letter was Pat Gordon. Um, and the little comic that we're going to be looking at is called The Joker Announces Danger. It's one of a couple different ones in that comic book. Um, I just really, really like the uh, inclusion of Ace the Bat Hound on the cover. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, it's a picture of uh, Batman and Robin, and they're in the Batcave, and Ace the Bat Hound has come up to them with a picture of them as... Uh, Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne and Dick's saying look a picture of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson Ace has discovered our secret identities and Batman says yes he's getting to be too good a detective so I love that yeah maybe we'll have to do another uh, Bat Family Matters on Ace the Bat Hound yeah <laughs> yeah he's really cute I like him yeah next time I think that's that's on our schedule is to do an Ace the Bat Hound comic so yeah we'll have yeah. A, we'll have a full episode about Ace the Bat Hound so don't you worry listeners <laughs> you'll get your fill of Ace the Bat Hound one of these days wonderful wonderful uh so the comic starts with uh Batman on television which we are going to talk about a little bit in this episode too Batman on television yeah um he is uh somebody who's a shadowy figure who's watching him uh, says he's announced to the world that he's overrated. Yeah. They they call this television 
segment that Batman is on a law enforcement program, mm-hmm. which leads me to a question of like, what is it? Is it like a it's propaganda? Like cops? Like the show Cops? Copaganda in the in the in the late fifties? Mm-hmm. Or it is, could be anything. Is it like a police procedural drama? Could be. Is and it, he's he's just like giving a PSA at the beginning or something. I'd say Batman's more of like a dragnet kind of uh, uh-huh. figure rather than like a Brooklyn Nine Nine kind of <laughs> figure. So it's probably something serious. Probably maybe it's even a, a, like a documentary about like Ooh. and here's the boys in blue hard at work. Down Interesting. At Gotham PD precinct fifty four. <laughs> and oh look, there's Jim Gordon straightening his tie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this. Shadowy figure, uh, I guess we're led to believe is Joker, right? Yeah. Uh, he is. says he thinks that Batman is overrated, uh, and then plot abounds because he's going to show Batman up. Mm-hmm. And then we do a hard cut to the middle of Gotham City where there's a town crier. Now, okay. Oh, uh, yes. Where did Joker get this costume? Uh, the costume shop. Yeah, he just went down to like Halloween Adventure and rented it. <laughs> I don't know if they had Halloween Adventure in 1956. Yeah. But I, I, they must have had like an actor supply store or something. I mean, there are many versions of the Joker where we're, we're led to believe that he was an actor in a former life. So it is possible that he has like just a trunk full of disguises and, you know, 1700s town crier just happens to be one of them, I suppose. <laughs> it's it's a, definitely an odd choice. It's, mm. it's a weird choice to go with. Uh-huh. Uh, so he, you know, does the whole, like, hear ye, hear ye. Um, and then he whips off, it says he whips off his makeup, but in the picture... It's a mask. It's a mask. Yeah. I don't know how you whip off This is makeup. one of many continuity errors that's going to happen in this comic between, like, what's being said and what's being shown. Mm-hmm. Um... It, yeah, it's weird that he put on this costume and then immediately ditches it. Yeah. Like, he dresses up, goes out, says, like, everybody gather around, and then rips it off. Well, yeah, if a regular guy stands in the middle of the street and says, everybody listen to me, it's like, no, I'm walking. But if you're a 1700s dressed town crier, and it's not the 1700s, and you've got a bell, and you're saying, hear ye, hear ye, heck yes, I'm stopping to listen. I don't care what comes out of your mouth People next. People recognize him, though, after he takes off the the uh, the costume. Well, yeah, that they, is exciting. They he's, know he's the Joker. He's a celebrity. He could have just been like, I'm the Joker, I have an announcement to make. You don't think that would have gathered a crowd as well? Uh, well, here's the thing. And here's my here's my next question and my next point. Okay. Because, okay, so he rips his, his thing off, and then he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna best Batman, and then... He has to run away because Batman and Robin are like show right up there and chase after him. And here's my question: Is he out on parole? Is he out on bail? Is did he escape from Arkham? Because what reason do they have to chase him and apprehend him? He didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. He just announces that he will be committing crimes. Yeah, which you know I could do. I, listen, audience, I'm gonna commit a crime. Uh, they can do nothing. Yeah, There's, the police can't come after stand, you for that. My uncle's a lawyer. This won't stand up in a court of law. You can't <laughs> play this recording to a judge and be like, say right there, that was uh, intent to commit crime. I don't know. Is that a law? That's not a law. Get get at me, uncle. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me know if that was, was illegal. Uh, okay, so... Uh, he does the old taunt and run. So yeah, to answer your question, he... The only reason I can think of that he can't just show up as the Joker and be like, hey, it's me, I'm the Joker, I have to say. It's because he's a wanted man. I guess man. I'm just today, is because he's a wanted man. Oh, okay. Either that, or Batman and Robin are chasing after him for no reason. 
I guess so. Yeah, then I guess that makes sense. I didn't look into his history for this like I did with yeah. some of the other characters. I'm assuming it's the same thing that we've seen in the Silver Age, where it's like, oh yes, the return of blank villain who hasn't been seen in 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just scraping the bottom of the barrel of what was popular in the Golden Age. <laughs> no, apparently he was he was pretty popular. He he showed up a lot in the Golden Age. We'll go over this in, in the in the Rogue Roundup. We got history. Yeah. The other thing I have to say about these panels is that Batman and Robin, it says, are coming out of the television station. So I don't know if this is the same day and joker like raced to the town square when, when <laughs> batman was delivering like this message he put his town crier uniform on while he was in the subway yeah he wasted no time yeah i don't know it, it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> but yeah joker, joker taunts batman and robin and then runs away he runs into i guess an office building because they say he runs into an office like one of three offices. Mm. And then they go into one because they hear the bell that he had as a town crier. Yeah. Which isn't actually him. It's he has tied the bell to a fan. Yeah. So it'll keep going. And left a clue for them as he said he would mm -hmm. for his next crime. It's a checkerboard. It's a checkerboard. What could it mean? Oh, he also tells them that uh, all of his crimes are going to involve announcers. Mm -hmm. uh, which, and then Robin says... He says he thinks that the clue points to a sports announcer. I have no idea why. Yeah. Other than, I mean, so there's a fan there. Maybe it means like sports fan. If yeah. anybody can figure this out, please tell you us. Anybody who is alive in the 50s who understands weird visual clues. Like a bell tied to a fan on top of a checkerboard. And somehow that's supposed to mean it has something to do with a sports announcer. Yeah. Well, okay. The checkerboard is definitely related to the crime, but not related to the announcer as far as I can tell. Yeah. So, smash cut to a uh, midget auto race. Ooh, ooh, before we go on, I, okay. I do want to mention that the comic uh, encourages readers to play along at home. Yeah. By giving them, like, being like, can you figure out what the clues mean? It is like... A Sherlock BBC episode level of impossible to figure out what's going on. <laughs> like it's the, just like the Riddler's riddles. Yeah, it's the most tenuous thing. It's like, well, if you if you if you change the meaning of what it was, it clearly points to this. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't even write them down. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So smash cut to what is called a midget auto race. Yes. And what's better, midget auto or midget sub? Oh, uh, Midget Auto Race, I think. Yeah. It's a bunch of men riding around in tiny cars, which I think is more comical looking than a small than submarine. Than a small submarine? Yeah. That's fun. I guess that uh, ties into the Joker. He's in a little clown car. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, he explains that at you know, a certain time, they're going to be taking the money out from the box office for this sports event. Uh, oh, and before he starts, before the Joker starts, he breaks into the sports announcer's, like, booth, and he announces that there's going to be another race car driver, and it's him. It's, um, well, no, he says Joe Kerr. Joe Kerr. Oh! Yeah. I read that, and I was like, that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. I didn't get it. It's, <laughs> it's just it's just Joker, but he breaks it up into uh, Joe Kerr. Wow, I'm Like, stupid. last name Kerr. I am dumb. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Yeah. He says that he's he's noting that they're going to empty the box office of all the receipts and take the money away that people have paid to get into the 
race and he exits through a side door at exactly the right time to drive his little midget car up to the armored car where they've got a bag full of money and just rip it out of the guy's hand. Yeah, he, he so, has like a pocket watch or whatever. He's checking the time to make sure that he leaves exactly when the money's being mm-hmm. collected. Oh, and by the way, the checkerboard was a reference to the checkered flag yes. of the auto race. So the Joker has excellent timing, and these are extremely precise delivery men. I don't know if you've ever worked a job where you had to rely on somebody delivering something to you, especially early in the morning. They do not care about what time they're supposed to be there. Yeah. They'll yeah. do their best. They don't show up exactly on no, time. No, not you at all. You think they were more punctual in, uh, punctual in the 50s? No, I do not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so there's a car chase. Yeah, the Batmobile is called a streamlined meteor of steel, which mm-hmm. sounds super cool. Yeah. I know we rag on all the like things that this comic says about like Batman and Robin and what it calls them, but the fact that they call the Batmobile a streamlined meteor of steel is like the coolest thing that we've ever seen these <laughs> Silver Age comics say about it something. Is. It doesn't behave cool, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Batman and Robin show up just in time to catch Joker running away with the money. But it's all part of his plan because he drives into an alleyway that's too thin for Mm -hmm. the Batmobile to fit through. They also call Joker in this uh, small car a Midget Menace, which I think is a really cool band name. Midget Menace? Midget Menace is a great band name. You have so many little person organizations (laughs) protesting you. That's not a good band name. I hate it. It also calls him the Grim Jester, which I thought was also a cool band name. I thought Grim Jester was cool, but I was also like, he's not grim. He's smiling. He's having a great time. He is. What's grim about him? He hasn't even hurt anybody. That's true. Um, I thought it was weird that the Batmobile was defeated by a narrow alleyway. and he... Oh, but, it, it, you know, there's a, there's a solution to this. Yeah, he needs the Batmobile that shifts into a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. From, from Batman Returns. Is that in Batman Returns? Yeah, it's not in the first movie, it's in the second movie. Does it also happen in The Dark Knight? Yeah, because he has the tumbler, and then the, inside like, the tumbler oh. it's... Is the is the motorbike? Yeah, you can't see it because this is a podcast. But what I just did was like leaned forward and like I was like I was shifting into motorcycle mode. <laughs> they actually don't call the one in Batman Returns a motorcycle. I think they call it like the Bat Torpedo or something because oh it's not God. really a motorcycle. I think it has tiny wheels on the front and back. That's stupid. I feel like I've seen. It's also a huge waste of resources to leave like half of the entire vehicle there. Mm-hmm. Like he's not gonna come back and pick it up. No, <laughs> he's not. Alfred will maybe. It probably is some kind of like. Uh... Something, homing device well something that can like get it to just drive itself back to the back cave really oh that'd be a really good way to figure out his secret identity is, exactly like, track just that. track those or probably some drop-off location that like alfred will go get it later maybe um i feel like i've seen i think he just leaves them there <laughs> i feel like i've seen in some like animated something i think it was something where he was chasing harley quinn it's mm-hmm. uh, the art style i'm thinking of it seemed like it was maybe brave and the bold um he's like driving a car and then harley shoots at him and it turns into a motorcycle and then she shoots at him again and it turns into him just like riding alfred's shoulders <laughs> and then it shoots him again and it turns into like roller skates or something like that that sounds like something that happened in the brave and the bold yeah so any 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 of those would have been preferable to him just being like oh Alleyway's too narrow. Too, too, I guess we're done. Too bad I can't chase him on foot. <laughs> yeah, or like drive around to the other side of the alleyway and continue the chase. Mm-hmm. Or get in a whirly bat and take this flight to the air. That's right, because the Batmobile has the whirly bat stored in the back, doesn't it? Yeah. I think so. Or maybe he didn't pack them this time. Yeah. He didn't need, think he'd need them. Need gas. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, so the next scene, they're getting their next clue. Yeah. And it's Cinders and Candy. Yeah, so an- can, another installment of Play Along at Home. Can you figure it out? This is beginning to feel like an episode of Dora the Explorer, because yeah. they continue asking us. No, Dora the Explorer is so easy. Well, that's true. But I mean, like, the fact that they keep asking you, like, can you figure it out? The answer is no, Bill. I cannot. No, Bill Finger. <laughs> you get your god dang riddles out of my face, Bill. <laughs> uh, so Joker prank calls a train, and... <laughs> Calls a train. <laughs> he does, and he tells him to stop at the next yard. Um, I know you have a, a, an extended an extended bit coming up about this train, but yes. I just have a couple questions first. I do. Okay. So there's jewels on a train. Mm-hmm. That was the candy part. Yes, it's called like a candy mm-hmm. candy train. Which my first thought was like, mm, candy train. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Yeah. Apparently, I mean that seems to come from like I guess when train robberies were a thing. That yeah. sounds like something. I tried to look it up, couldn't find anything on candy train. Okay. So there's jewels on this train. Mm-hmm. Why do they not already have an armed guard guarding this train? Train robberies are a thing That's that true. people know about. There could always be an inside man. There could always be somebody who like. Oh well, buys a ticket. Joker gets a job. says. Joker says over the intercom, "We're gonna give you more guards. Yeah, so you have to stop, and we're gonna let more guards on. Okay, which are actually his goons dressed up. Yeah, but then when he gets on the train, it's one. He's he's one man with a gun. No, he has he has associates working with him. I guess he has henchmen because later on the henchmen get in a fight with Batman. Couldn't you get just like four or five guys? He on did. A, I'm talking about the train. Oh. Well, they dispatch them, I guess. Like, they must, like, uh, strong-arm them, but we don't see it. It's not shown in the comic. That's dumb. That's That's dumb? That's dumb. Okay. Uh, So, yes, Candy and what else? Cinders. Yes. Come over here into my corner. It's Josh's Fact Corner. Yay. So, uh, I... The prodigal son returns. Looked into this. Uh, cinders were the byproduct of steam engines and would be collected from locomotives and were used as low-quality fill, which meant that they got used as ballast for the secondary tracks and spurs along railroads. They're no longer used, but some old rail lines still have them. Uh, if you look, you might see some black, uh, cinders surrounding the ballast of, of a, of a train. Hmm. Of, of a rail line. <clears throat> All right. That was Josh's fact corner. Um, <laughs> cool. So, candy train. Delicious. Batman's able to show up to the scene, and he figures out who the fakers are on this train. Yeah, because they're not following proper railroad protocol. They don't back down the steps. Mm-hmm. Why, is that a th- why is that a safety thing? Because they're worried if you trip, you'll fall on your face and then fall into you, the train? You'll fall forward out of the train, I think. Because yeah. trains are, like feet off the ground so if you were to fall forward you'd like break your neck or something yeah yeah Mm. why not i mean they have handlebars though so i don't see why you would have to the only trains i've ever been on that have steps is like 
Amtrak or like an NJ Transit, which you know the platform is right is right there where the steps end. Yeah. Why couldn't they just make pat- platforms where the steps? Well, end? they did. Like when you pull into a station, like you know the the classic train station where the the station is lifted off the ground. Yeah. And then you pull up, and the cars on the side or the doors on the side open, and people can get into the car. Yeah. Uh, but there's ones that have like stairs that go down that you can climb up into. You remember watching the movie Polar Express? And the kid has to, like, get helped up by the conductor because he's getting on, like, not from a platform, but but from the ground. Oh, from his house? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, hot chocolate. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> I remember hot chocolate and Tom Hanks. Yeah. So if you're not at a station, like, the distance between where the stairs are and where the ground is is, is higher. Okay. So you don't want to fall out. So okay. I guess by turning around, you, like, move your the way that your center of gravity works. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I didn't look into this. Okay. Thanks. But that's why what my <laughs> I just expected you to have one train facts. Speculation. Oh, I've got plenty of train facts. I I know, sweetie. Um so they chase after the goons. Uh they trip him up with a big axle. Uh and that's that fight scene. He gets away. Yeah, Joker uh, gets away. Batman end up fighting his goons. Yeah, he doesn't get away with the jewels though. Yeah, that's right. He drops the jewels when Batman and Robin throw a train axle that's like lying in the rail yard at him. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a a, a a barbell until they said what it was. <laughs> I was like, "What's this cartoonishly large, like strongman barbell doing here?" <laughs> I mean, it looks the same, exact same. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I actually, when I was a kid, I used to pretend. That I was a train because my dad had barbells in the basement and I would put like a piece of wood on top of the barbells and like sit on it and roll forward. Oh my God. But you had to make sure that you were taking them out from the back and putting them in the front because you would run out of, out of room because it. it rolls along. Okay. That sounds dangerous. You're not letting our child do that. Okay. Uh, speaking of your dad. Yeah. Did you want to? Well, yeah. So, uh. When when Joker gets away, they do a, a huge search of the rail yard, and then we come to this one panel. Now, listeners, I'm going to again remind you that we were looking at Batman comic number 97. Uh, I'll have Becca... From the 1940s, because there was also a 97 from the run that started in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have Becca look up uh, the exact page that we're on, but there's a picture here of Joker climbing out of an engine. And this engine, to me, did not look like a steam engine, and yet the comic called it a steam engine. Now, for this, I decided that I would bring in an expert witness, and so I called my dad up, who is very into uh, toy trains, but he has a bunch of, like, railroad paraphernalia just sitting around our house. <laughs> um, I don't it, think paraphernalia is the right word for that. Yeah? No? What do you, What would you call it? Uh, accessories? No, not accessories. Uh, memorabilia, maybe? Yeah. Paraphernalia makes it sound like he's a, a train fiend. I mean, he is, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I'm going to insert that interview with my father into the podcast right about... It's page uh, six. Okay. Page six of Batman number 97. Yeah. Okay. And here comes the interview right now. Hello, Dad. Would you mind being on my podcast as a guest expert witness? What? I've sent you a photo on on your cell phone. I texted you a photo of of a of an engine 
a railroad engine that is featured in a Batman comic. Oh. Okay. Can you get that and, and open it up? I'll look. Okay. Okay. Are you looking at it? Yeah. Okay. The, the comic calls this a steam locomotive. To me, it looks like a diesel electric locomotive. Okay, was there ever any steam locomotives that use that body style? Oh, that's a tough question, man. It says that the, the Joker is coming out of the cold smoke box, which is on the front of the engine here. Okay, okay. So what we're looking at here is a, is the comic book's writer's misunderstanding of uh, of train engines then. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Okay, okay. It looks like either it could be an F7 or an F9, one of those two. Uh, could be, but it's hard to tell because you don't have a full photo. Yes. So, I mean, how would that be a steam locomotive if... Yes. <laughs> and the things on the side there with the two, like the long-looking doors, that's usually about where the doors are on the engine. Okay, so so you're you're saying that this is probably an F7 or F9 uh, yeah. diesel diesel electric locomotive, you know, from the 1960s, which is when this comic was published. From the 50s. Actually, let me see here. 56 is when this issue dropped, yeah. Yeah. And that was about when everybody was converting from steam to diesel. So maybe all they ever knew before was steam? Yeah, well, they do have a steam engine also in this rail yard. Uh, and they make mention of cinder beds, which I'm going to talk about. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your time. You want to say hello to our listeners? Where were you? Downstairs working on the train table? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why mom, mom yelled you, like, your phone's ringing. And I ran upstairs by the time I come upstairs. You dialed this other one. Okie doke. Okay, well, thank you for your help. Okay. Have a good night. I'll see you, man. You take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. And that was our expert witness. Yes. Do you think my dad's going to be jealous that your dad was on our podcast before he was? Uh, no, because your dad gets mentioned every podcast. He does, but he hasn't been on it. Well, it, once he is the, uh, the the expert witness, then we can call him up. Okay. You should have called him up for that ice cream uh, question that we had a well, few episodes don't ago. Give, don't give away too many personal details about my life. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to track me down. Nobody's going to track Myself you down. Myself or my father has never has never been involved with ice cream. <laughs> No ice cream in this family. I have no recollection. <laughs> I have no recollection of any ice cream. 
Anyway, all right. Uh, so uh, thanks, Dad, for sponsoring this podcast. We love our microphone. Oh, and thanks to my parents. They got us a Batman comforter for my birthday slash Hanukkah slash Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's the only present. No, they got me other stuff. It was the best present they got me. And at first I was like, ugh, a comforter. Couldn't you get me something great? But honestly, this thing is so warm and so comfortable. And it's got a, the, a big bat symbol on it. And I've, I, I'm wearing it now. They also got us Batman pillowcasing, too. They did. It was a whole matching thing. We're real adults with an actual comforter for our bed. And it just happens to have Batman on it, which is very on brand. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for the microphone and thanks for the comforter. It's good. Uh, moving right along. Yeah, so Joker gets away. Oh, and he comes out of this, this, uh, locomotive, says that, uh, he's like, they didn't think to look in the locomotive, even though we've already established that it's not the type of locomotive that the comic says it is. Um, and uh, he gets away. Bill Finger's gonna haunt you from beyond the grave. Yeah? Yeah. Or I guess Sheldon Moldoff drew this. <laughs> he's gonna haunt you from... You think it was... Okay, so do you think it was the writers told him what to draw, or he just drew based on his, like, limited knowledge of trains. I don't know. Now I'm wondering if Sheldon Moldau's dead. <laughs> He's definitely I'm, dead. I'm not 100% sure. You're not sure? Let's check. Okay, let's check. Yeah, R.I.P. Sheldon Moldoff. He died in uh, 2012. If he was still alive today, he would be 100. Great. It's so a happy 100th birthday, Sheldon Moldoff. Like, today mm. he would be 100? No, April, uh, April 14th. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. So he'd be almost 101 then. Yeah, that's exciting. Exciting. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Sheldon. The Joker then announces his next crime, mm -hmm. which he sends, I think it's to the police commissioner, a sock and an arrow. Yeah. Which uh, represents a weather vane and an airfield sock. Um, there's a wind sock. A wind sock, yeah. Uh, that one doesn't actually require that much working out. I think this is probably the clearest of the clues. I guess. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Well, the, f the very first picture of this comic, like the opening panel was Joker on a weather balloon. Yeah. Yeah. It promised so much. Exactly. Uh, so he makes another prank call or actually this time he, he hacks into the airwaves. He hacks into the airwaves. Yeah. yeah he's he in. He, uh, he does like air traffic controls frequency mm -hmm. and then calls into a plane carrying money, I believe, a bank shipment of money. Yeah, uh, it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Again, why don't these vehicles have armed guards enough to like stop one guy with a gun? <laughs> I don't understand. It Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I guess, are they supposed to be unmarked and like people aren't supposed to know that they're money shipments? Even then, you would still expect a little bit of security. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I guess there was supposed to be security at the airport he was supposed to land at. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe. Because like, you can't get robbed in the air. So like, you know, as soon as you land, there's security guards. But because he made them land in a different airfield mm -hmm. uh, with his fake weather announcement, that's why there's no guards. Mm -hmm. You can't get robbed in the air? N no. Tell that to D.B. Cooper. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. You know about him? I do know about him. Yeah. Would you like to tell our audience about him? Yeah, D.B. Cooper is um, a legend who got on a plane with uh, dark sunglasses and actually said his name was Dan Cooper, but the media was like, nah, that's not a cool name, D.B. Cooper. Um, he got on a plane and then he he was he called a, a stewardess over. He's like, hey, psst, come over here. Um, I, have, I have a bomb. I have a bomb and I'm going to um, blow up the plane. So just like tell everybody to give me their valuables. And then like, I'm just going to get a parachute. I'm going to get off here. So he successfully robbed the plane. He was able to get his like, 
I don't know, bunch of money transferred to him and a parachute. And then he jumped off that plane and most likely immediately crashed into a mountain and died. And, and it was never seen again. And people think that he's Tommy Wiseau. And never seen again. He's not Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Much older than him. Um, but yeah, uh, RIP Dan Cooper, you pulled off the most mysterious and anticlimactic heist in history. That wasn't a cargo plane, though. That was like a... That was like a passenger plane. Yeah, a passenger plane. Yeah. This is a cargo plane I'm just saying, about. you can get robbed in the air. Okay. You think you're safe in the air? If, There's no laws above the clouds. If there are people that you don't know on the flight, sure. But there was nobody else except the people who were working for the bank transfer. Okay. Unless it was an inside job. Yeah. Mm. All right, so uh, the Joker is able to steal this money, and then he gets away on a weather balloon, and then Batman pops a cap at him, <laughs> which I loved, because Robin Whoa, was like, Batman, ba- no! Batman uses a gun! Yeah. He uses a long rifle. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> this is, like, the only time, other than that one sil- that one Golden Age comic, where I've actually seen him actually use a gun. Mm-hmm. A Forest Ranger's high-powered rifle. Mm-hmm. Which he uses to pop the weather balloon, which yes. Joker was trying to escape on to get back to his associates who were in a blimp, it says, although yeah. we never see the blimp. Yeah. Apparently, weather balloons all have parachutes, which Batman knew, so he knew it would be safe. Yeah. Yeah. Because but they, what if he'd missed? They need to collect the data from the weather, like, box. What if he'd missed and just, like, shot Joker in the chest? <laughs> I guess he's an expert mark- marksman. Sure. He must be. He can do everything. Yeah, he's perfect. Uh, Robin also says that they have to call the air police on the goons that Joker was going to go to who were in a blimp. Yeah. I guess, does that mean that the police have uh, blimps? (gasps) Yeah, police blimps. Police blimps. Police blimps confirmed. (laughs) Police blimps confirmed in 1956. I love it. Uh, So it ends with, uh, he's like, Joker, you're going to be listening to another announcer soon. It's him in jail. And the announcement's saying, get into your cells. And he's like, ah, I hate announcers. Yep. And that's the end of the, that's the end of comic. That's funny, the end funny. Of the comic. Yeah. Nobody dies. Nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. I, I'm assuming that the places that lost their valuables got their valuables back. It was insured. Back. It, was, it was insured. It was insured. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Another inconsequential Silver Age comic in the books. <laughs> courtesy of your good friends bill and sheldon yep okay now i guess it's time for the rogue roundup yeah did you want to talk about so i have a lot to say about the joker kind of just like in general okay did you want to talk about the history first yeah sure we let's go over the history first i'll go into my nine page dissertation yeah all right uh so like i said earlier uh he was in the very first batman branded comics so batman number one not detective not detective comics um, and he was originally supposed to die in that comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer was worried that if Batman didn't, uh, like get rid of his villains, that he would be seen as incompetent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, the, but the editor liked the Joker so much or liked the idea of the Joker so much that he hastily added like a final panel that showed that the Joker had survived. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a killer from the Golden Age. Uh, he killed dozens of people in the in the Golden Age. Um, I think I read that he like used a, a train to run over people. Oh my god! Yeah, was it a Joker train? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Because uh, we, we saw a picture of of Joker sitting on a train earlier. Um, 
let's see, what else? Oh, <laughs> they, uh, they moved to a little bit of a funnier version of him still in the Golden Age because DC started marketing their comics towards kids more and more. Uh, in the beginning of the Golden Age, they were relying on pulpy stories that were uh, like more adult-oriented to sell them. Mm -hmm. And then they realized that like kids were a bigger market for them, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the stories that got mentioned on the Wikipedia page was one where Joker uh, is paid by Batman uh, because Joker kidnaps Robin and asks for a ransom. Batman pays Joker in a check with the thought being that the only way that the Joker can get the money is to cash the check, which will allow him to be captured by the police. Not if he wears a disguise. I suppose so. But yeah. the check would be made out to the Joker. Why did he accept the check before releasing Robin? <laughs> I don't know. He's dumb. He was caught up, he was caught up in, in the excitement of whatever the uh, absurd amount that he asked for was. I mean, I could write a check for a million dollars. It's not gonna... All right, never mind. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, he appeared less in the Silver Age. So we, we see this one from 1956. He doesn't actually appear that much often until we get to the 60s. Mm -hmm. um, the editor, Julia Schwartz, disliked him mm -hmm. <laughs> in, the, in the late 50s. Yeah. Um, but the 66 show revitalized the character uh, when Cesar Romero gave his portrayal. So then he began being like showing up in the comics more and more again. Um, and then he re returned to his homicidal roots in the Bronze Age. Mm -hmm. We get more stories about him killing people. Uh, and this is also where we start to see the emergence of him being, uh, like, psychotic. And they, they make sense of the fact that he goes to, like, Arkham Asylum instead of actual prison. Yeah. Uh, and which... that he's just a, a dressed up as a clown all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not normal. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then... In the Dark Age, we get a ton of, uh, like, uh, what would you call them? Like, seminal Joker stories? Yeah. We get Dark, Killing Knight, Joke. Dark Knight Returns, Killing Joke, Death in the Family. Mm. We get the Arkham Asylum comic. Um, so, yeah, th this is, like, evolves his character. He becomes incredibly popular in the 1980s mm -hmm. up to when he has his appearance in the 89 film. And, I mean, he's just sort of ridden that, like, yeah. huge wave of popularity. Animated series with Mark Hamill. Yeah. And then that goes into The Dark Knight. Yeah. And then everything else. So. Exactly. It's it just, like, it's this huge wave that he rides into modern pop culture, yeah. just, like, prominence, where he's this huge figure, uh, probably, I would say, probably the most well-known comic villain. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. No, I mean... Ask any random person on the street who, like, Superman's biggest villain is. They might say Lex Luthor. Or Zod, because yeah. he was in the movies. It would probably take them a minute to think about it. But if you're like, who's Batman's enemy? They'd be like, the Joker. Yeah, it's yeah. It, he's probably most well-known comic villain. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of other things. I wanted to go over some of the more crazy stuff that he's, he's done or been in. Um, back in the end of the modern age... He gained Mr. Spitlick's powers, so he had, like, universe-altering fourth-dimensional powers. Mm -hmm. Or wait, wait, no, Mr. Spitlick is, like, 12th dimension or something, isn't he? No, he's a fifth dimension. Oh, he's fifth dimension? Yeah. Okay. Uh, or is it, four? it might be fourth dimension. I don't know, all I know is to say his name backwards to send him back to the, that dimension. Yeah, but anyway. It's he, fourth or fifth. Are you sure? I, I thought it was much higher than that. I think it's fourth, because fifth dimension is a band from the 60s. <laughs> 
that recorded uh, Age of Aquarius. Anyway, he gains these like universe altering uh, powers. He uses them to torture Batman. Okay. Uh, but his refusal to kill Batman is actually what leads him to be defeated. I think like Superman end up, ends up defeating him or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. In the New 52, he gets his face cut off by Dollmaker. Yeah, I remember reading that. I was like, ew. Yeah, really gross. Uh, and in Rebirth, he gains control of Bruce's resources and uses them to take over Gotham. Yeah, Rebirth got really weird. Yeah, it did. I've heard, I've just heard a lot of weird things. It seems like, like the modern comics have just, like, fallen down this, this rabbit hole of comics are weird, but, like, to the absolute extreme. Yeah. There was also this storyline about the three Jokers that, like, I don't even know if it ever got like a satisfying ending where Batman asks like this all knowing universe chair, what the Joker's real name is. And the chair is like, there's three Jokers, which doesn't make any sense. Cause Batman would realize he's the greatest detective in the world. He would realize if he was fighting three different people. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. There's, I mean, I know there's like a comic series. I know they got back to it. I don't know what the resolution was. But they didn't just, like, leave it. I think they talk about it in Rebirth. Yeah, it probably ties into Doomsday Clock. It's probably a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Speaking of modern Batman comics, we read uh, Batman Catwoman 1. Which That's we true. mentioned weeks back. It was the first uh, Batman comic appearance, first mainline Batman comic appearance of Andrea Beaumont. <laughs> um, it's a really, really, really interesting beginning of the comic. Definitely teases There's, her. like, a lot of time jumps in it, too. There's some time jumps. We're not going to spoil it, but um, it teases her returning to the mantle of the Mask of the Phantasm. Um, It's got Catwoman in it. She's got a little baby kitty. That was nice. (laughs) Um, Joker's in it. Joker does something horrible in it. That's true. So uh, I'd I'd say pick it up. It's it's good. I'm interested to to read more. I mean, I might encourage people to wait until like a lot of it has come out, unless you're okay with waiting a month. To read a comic. Yeah, probably. Because it's coming out monthly. But comics are pretty short. Like, I don't know. It's like 30 pages. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I really, like, when people want to get into stuff, I kind of recommend that they get either um, the, like, paperbacks or just, like, buy the whole run when it actually comes all the way out. Because reading just one comic, I don't know, to me is is not, like, enough. Yeah. Yeah, I like to read a bunch of comics in a row. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that is just you. I mean, I like to follow the storyline, and sometimes I do like to, you know, read it as it comes out. Sometimes I forget the details, but... Well, that's the thing, is like, you know, it's like a 10 or 15 minute story that you read once, and then you have to wait a month to get to the next thing. Yeah, we have to wait almost two months to get to the next issue of Batman Catwoman. That's true. It doesn't come out until like the end of January. They delayed it till January. I'll be a different person. (gasps) Wait, it comes out January 21st, right? I think so. They're waiting for the new administration. (laughs) (laughs) In the next issue, Trump's going to be a supervillain. I can't wait. I doubt that. I absolutely doubt that. Um, All right. Do you have more about Joker history? No, that's about it. All right. What do we know about the Joker? Virtually nothing. His backstory, his life, his motives are all open-ended. Multiple choice, if you will. Yes, um, as stated in Killing, uh, Joke. Killing Joke. Yes. So uh, I have my least favorite Joker backstory. I'd like to know yours. Mine is from Batman 89, uh, Joker killing Thomas and Martha Wayne and Batman pushing Joker into the acid. Therefore, they created one another. 
Um, I don't like that backstory. I don't I don't know why it appeals to me so much that Thomas and Martha Wayne's killing was completely random and doesn't have any bigger picture. It was just some random, horrible, unexplainable. Literally every time it's portrayed, they couldn't have been better victims. They're like, yes, of course, take our money. How can we help you? Do you want a job? And <laughs> Joe Chill still shoots them in cold blood. There's literally yeah. never any reason for him to do it. And it's- Because criminals are a superstitious, cowardly lot. They're yeah. cowardly. Yeah. He, he, he like didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But shoot them. Yeah. So I, I always think that's a more powerful story than like, you know, oh, it was the mob or it was some kind of Yeah, they always try to give it some significance. I really hated that. They tried to do that in like the Telltale yeah. series and stuff. They're always trying to get, and, and they did it in the, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie too. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, there's like this, the, the, the city is against the Waynes and, you know, somebody had them killed or something. Yeah. Although I think they, they did uh, a fake out of that in Gotham. Because mm-hmm. I think in... in really? Yeah, I think in Gotham, uh, it's implied in, like, the first couple of episodes. This isn't really spoilery, because, again, it's in, like, the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. It's, like, implied that the mob had them killed, and Bruce Wayne uh, spends, like, some time trying to figure out, like, who was responsible for it. Yeah. But I think it does get revealed that it actually wasn't the mob that had them killed. Yeah. That's actually, I don't know if it probably came out around the same time. That's, like, the storyline of Court of Owls, where he talks about when his parents got killed... He first started investigating the Court of Owls because that was like a little rhyme that his father had taught him. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was like some secret society had his parents murdered, but no. No. The Court of Owls was real, but it didn't turn out to be like be the people them. who had murdered yeah. them. This is going to be sad, but the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, like life is random, bad things happen, and they're unexplainable, and there isn't a bigger reason for it. Mm. And I feel almost comforted by the idea that like random chaotic sadness can breed something that brings me a lot of joy (laughs) in (laughs) Batman's suffering I guess you would say so uh yeah that I I don't I don't ever enjoy the idea it's like the Joker did it get it because they're enemies for life like cats and dogs yeah um so that being said do you have a least favorite joker backstory i don't think i have a least favorite i i think i i can appreciate every joker backstory for what it is Uh, like i told you i i don't i don't love the idea of joker being the one that killed batman's parents but for the movie as a contained story, I think it worked mm. uh, because it definitely draws this contrast that they do a lot with the Joker and Batman thing where it's like, ah, oh, we're flip sides of the same coin. We created each other, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, it. I'm not it's not my favorite one, but yeah. it's you know, I think it works within the context of the fiction that it builds. OK, I have a love hate relationship with the killing joke. Now, not just the Joker's backstory, the killing joke in general. Um, but there are things I really do like about his backstory in The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the idea of him being this like hapless pawn who's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I adore the absolutely miserable twist that, you know, he he joins this heist to get money for his wife and his child, and his wife is killed, you know, like minutes the, the night of, yeah. before he's supposed to go on this heist, and yet he's still forced to do it. 
Um, I didn't like the Killing Joke animated movie, but I thought the animation in that scene, Mark Hamill's acting when he finds out his wife died was just, it, it absolutely breaks your heart. Yeah. Um, but I still don't like that, you know, Batman created him, pushes him into the acid. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of victim blamey to be like, ah, oh, Batman deserves all the suffering the Joker gives him and all the people he's killed. That's blood on his hands. He pushed him into the acid. Like, I don't <laughs> like that. I, I, I do. I mean, I think it's, it's a good illustration of the, like an early Batman. Batman because it is like this like oh Batman was so hapless in his first it's kind of like where uh in in Spider-Man again we're not a Spider-Man podcast but (laughs) we're not we're not a Marvel podcast you know what Spider-Man 3 tried to do that too don't you remember because like he he lets the the guy buy and the guy kills Uncle Ben yeah like oh no it was my responsibility and then you find out Spider-Man 3 was like oh it was Sandman all along But it wasn't. <laughs> no, no. It, like, yeah, the whole thing is, like, Spider-Man ignores the man who, like, goes past him, and that man ends up being the one that kills uh, Uncle Ben. Yeah. I think in the same way, it's like Batman w- is careless in his first few outings as Batman enough that he ends up creating his, his like, greatest enemy. Yeah. I I don't know. I side with Peter on that. I would have let the guy go by. I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't kill my uncle. I would have said that. That's what you got to do. As long as they're leaving, be like, hey, don't card. Uh, white, white Honda. White, don't, don't go into that. No, he doesn't have any money. It's a, it's, a, it's a crappy car. You don't want it. You don't want it. Get something better. Oh, man. That's, that's what I would have done if I was Spider-Man. When I am Spider-Man. When I get the game. When, when I am Spider-Man. Um, okay. So, uh, all right. Yes. We're going we're gonna to talk about a, a couple different batmans no a couple different jokers mm-hmm. um because i have my favorite did you think of your favorite i think i have a favorite i have my favorite i have two favorites and then i'm gonna gush for a little while okay so do you want to go over our our lists of of, Pat, of joker portrayals first and then gush about our favorites because i feel like we are going to have a controversial discussion about my favorite <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we should go over them first and try and keep your gushing to a minimum as we're going over them, and then you can gush at the end. Okay. 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 Um, all right. So uh, we did this in uh, chronological order, of roughly portrayal. Portrayals of the Joker in uh, popular television and film. Yes. We this part we're just gonna do like. Quick, rapid fire, first impressions, what we think, what we like, blah blah We're not including, like, uh, Gotham or the... Lego the, Batman. Yeah, we're not including all that sort of tertiary stuff. Yeah. It's just the big ones that, like, most people have seen. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis is going to release a hate video about us now. <laughs> tertiary! <laughs> all right. Uh, Cesar Romero. Yes. Fun. Love his mustache. <laughs> Great portrayal. Uh, I said uh, he took a page out of Frank Gorshin's book. He really played up the camp. I think yeah. he did a great job. Yeah. Like, he definitely fit the tone of that. And I think he went into it knowing what the tone was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a really good actor. Absolutely. And so was therefore able to match it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was funny, uh, whether intentional or not. I mean, the show was oftentimes unintentionally funny. Yeah. But I think he also knew at the same time, like many of the actors on the show, that, like, you know, playing into the camp is also, like sort of purposeful yeah joking it's the 60s half the people watching this are on drugs just have fun <laughs> um he Jack- should have shaved his mustache I, th- I think he should have shaved his mustache it's iconic it's iconic i know it's iconic but it's iconic for all the wrong reasons nah it's funny um jack nicholson yes good quotes 
and really good chemistry with Michael Keaton. I feel like that's, that's what, true. That's what makes the movie is the fact that they play off each other so well. I, I'll talk a little bit about this later, but my favorite Joker, I think, deserved a better Batman, and I love that Batman too. Okay, but I dream of what it would be like for like my favorite Batman and my favorite Joker to have gone like toe to toe. Hmm. Um, so I think the fact that we do get Keaton and Nicholson, who are just a really good match and yeah. seem to be just having a lot of fun on set together, yes. it makes it a brilliant movie. Yeah, I actually, I, I think I when I was looking up to see if there was any news this week, I saw an article that Keaton said that he was scared by Nicholson's Joker. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a great actor. Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, delightfully sadistic. Mm-hmm. Delightfully sadistic. I think he really nails the psychotic of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my favorite live action Joker. I think he's got a ton of great one-liners in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it, if I should credit the writers for writing those great one-liners. Like, have you ever danced with the devil in pale moonlight? Where does he get all those wonderful toys? Yeah. My balloons. <laughs> he stole my <laughs> he balloons. Stole my balloons. You, I'm on number one. Yeah. God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Is, is it yeah. the writers or is it the delivery? Because the it's, delivery is amazing as it's well. Both. It's yeah. both. It's both. Be honest. I mean, yeah, Tim Burton and and Jack Nicholson together like were power power couple. You mean Michael Keaton? No, or t- you mean Tim, t- Burton, Tim Burton, Burton as like director writer whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we move on to Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill animated series. Uh, extremely versatile Joker. So so Mark Hamill, also known as Luke Skywalker, um, <laughs> <laughs> he has voiced the Joker for decades in so many various media um originally supposed to be tim curry yeah he and he dropped out yeah yeah Weird. tim curry uh actually recorded like an episode's worth of lines uh-huh. but then i don't i i think it was like he just couldn't do the series or something later on or they mm-hmm. only recorded half his lines and he couldn't do the rest of the series so then they brought in mark hamill yeah and actually for the christmas with the joker episode which i think it was like a, the first episode they recorded for the joker yeah mark hamill had to uh like match, oh, match his lip match flaps, his lip flaps. Oh, yeah that's horrible <laughs> I, I mean uh Tim Curry shows up in uh, Teen Teen Justice. What's that show? Young Justice. Young Justice. He's uh, G. Gordon. And he does a really good job as like a villain there. I feel like he was really being like, this is what my Joker would have been. <laughs> it's very it's very over the top. Um, but yeah, extremely versatile Joker. Definitive. Um, really, like... He's a true chameleon as the Joker. Yeah. He can be, go from, in this in the span of 20 minutes, he can go from jokey to menacing to downright terrifying. Like I said before, I love his performance in The Killing Joke. I love his performance in the animated series. I love him in the, the Arkham, Arkham games. games. He's always completely top-notch. So I, I, I appreciate Hamill mostly for his ability to just be extremely versatile in whatever the Joker role requires. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed exactly what I have, which is I say he's wonderful between flipping, between wacky and downright scary. Yeah. Um, And it's how I read the Joker's voice in every single comic. (laughs) It's just, like you said, it's the versatility of it to go from jokey to like absolutely like you fear for your life is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a great quote. Uh, I, I'm not going to nail it exactly. Do it in his voice. No, 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 no. I'm not not oh. saying from his Joker, but from okay. Hamill himself, uh, where he talks about... That's his Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, like, where he talks about how 
he loves playing the Joker because it allows him to dig into parts of his psyche that he can't around like normal people. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I can, I can do things that, that aren't okay among like pleasant company. Yeah. That's how I feel about this podcast. <laughs> um, can you, off the top of your head, can you give us any, any Joker lines in your Hamill voice? Oh man. It's pretty, it's, it's okay. I'm not going to build it up for listeners. I think it's pretty good. I don't, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, can we, can we like edit it in post? Yeah, we'll, we'll put it, we'll put it in right here. <laughs> okay. I can't do his laugh, but here's my best impression of Mark Hamill's Joker. There's a certain rhythm to these things. I make trouble. He shows up. We have a few laughs, and the game starts all over again. Harley, you had to explain the joke. It's not funny if you have to explain it. <laughs> um, so, okay, so moving on. Um, Jared Leto, stupid, try hard, manufactured by a board of investors focus group to be a hot topic body pillow. Wait, we skipped over Heath Ledger. Oh, did we? Yes, we did. Um, we skipped over Heath Ledger. Sorry, Here's what yeah. I have to say about Heath Ledger. Uh, not funny enough. I think the Joker, one of the prerequisites for being a Joker is being funny. He's a funny guy, and I think you need to be funny to be the Joker. Um, I think he, uh, let's see. <laughs> he, it's still great acting. I, I really love his acting in that movie. He's, he's a great actor. Um, and he, of all the Jokers, I think leaned the most into the we are opposites, we need each other uh, sort of rhetoric that comes out of the Joker. It's also weird to me that he set up that boat thing at the end of the movie because that seems like a very two-faced thing to do, to have like a choice between one or the other. I don't know. Well, we can talk about it later. I know you have a lot to say about Mark Hamill. I, or not Mark Hamill. Uh, <laughs> Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger. Okay, here's my... Um, I think Heath Ledger is good, actually. Okay. What I didn't it? say it was bad. I, th- yeah, I said he's yeah, a... Yeah, but, um... Okay. We'll, we'll get back to it. Okay. I have a lot to say. So, he's a great actor. Anyway, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. I, I said my part. Um, uh, he didn't even look like he was having fun with the part, honestly. No. And, like, all the weird backstage... Like, I know, like, due to, like, contracts and just, like, the general, like, you you don't say certain things about people in Hollywood that, like, we'll never know the full story. But, like, the fact that his coworkers were able to come out and say, like, hey, he shipped us these, like, weird gifts and we did not like it, I think says a lot about, like, what we don't know about his behavior on that set. It, the the worst thing you can do as an actor, unless you're Daniel Day-Lewis and you're playing Abraham Lincoln, you should not be in character on set at all times or like as you're preparing for a role. There's literally no reason to do it. It makes you extremely difficult to work with and it doesn't actually improve your performance. Trust me, I have a BA in theater. Jim Carrey? Yeah, no. I... This is not a Jim Carrey podcast. I'm not going to talk about him. You're not going to talk about Jim Carrey? What? I've talked about Jim Carrey a couple of times in this podcast. And I don't need to go any further. What was that movie that he was in? Man in the did? Moon. Man in the Moon, okay. There's a terrible documentary called Jim and Andy. If you want to just hate Jim Carrey, feel free to watch that movie. <laughs> he is a bad person, and I do not like him. It's and I didn't like his Joe Biden on SNL. I didn't think he did a good job. Hot takes. Hot takes. Uh, here's other things I have to say about Jared Leto. Uh, I, again, he just like, he played it as like a mobster with a crazy personality. Mm. It, it doesn't make any sense. He's just like a thug. Yeah. Who 
pretends to act like super weird. I feel like it kind of ruins the whole thing with Harley too, because because like everything with her in like Birds of Prey is everyone's like so afraid of the Joker that like oh she's like I can't let anyone know I broke up with him or else. I'm not going to be protected anymore because he's such a big threatening figure, but like, he's not. He's not. He's like, even though he kills people in that movie, it's not like, th- he's not threatening. No. It's weird. Like, I didn't feel scared by him. No. I didn't feel scared by him and he wasn't funny. Another thing, he wasn't funny either. I don't think his Joker was funny at all. I, again, I can't remember a single joke that Jared Leto delivered in that movie. Yeah. I don't know. He had his shirt off. That's all I remember. I, it's it's weird to me that you could play that character and not like laugh maniacally. I guess he tried to laugh, laugh maniacally yeah. or crack like a joke. Yeah, it's very weird. Is he? He's not going to be in the second Suicide Squad movie, is he? Uh, no, but he's going to be. I thought he was going to be. He's going to be in the Snyder cut. in the Snyder cut. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> um. All right, and then Walking Phoenix. Yeah. So here, okay, hot take on Walking Phoenix. Okay. He's just like. 95% where I wanted him to be. Um, I kind of wanted him to just be a little less of the victim in every single scene. Because the whole buildup of Joker is like, this is how mentally ill people are treated in our society. And, you know, they are largely the victims, which I agree with and is a true thing. And we shouldn't, you know, make mentally ill people out to be these like immediately insane kind of people and often it is their trauma and their tragedy that can lead to the you know deviant or odd behavior that can sometimes end them up in places like asylums or even jails if they're that you know unlucky and harmed by the system however I just thought for them to end up in the place where they needed it to end up which is that and now he's a criminal mastermind he needed to just be like five percent guiltier because he doesn't ever really do anything anything that makes you be like wow he's a really bad guy until he's like killing people um yeah that's true he doesn't mastermind things yeah like they tried to compare that character a lot to uh like various uh robert de niro movies like taxi driver and there was never a scene in joker like the scene in taxi driver where travis bickle takes his new girlfriend out to a porno where like he he doesn't ever do anything that's like and here's, like, what makes him just a little bit weird and off, or, like, a lot weird and off, I guess, in that case. There's never an, any indication that he's anything other than, like, a good guy under it all. There's no sense of, like, darkness inside of him that I think there needs to be for him to end up as the Joker. It can't just be that, like, society did it. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise I'm just like, well, that's not re- that's just not really reality. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not... It's not the comic book fantasy that you want me to think it is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, okay. So here's what I had to say. Obviously, this is an origin story movie, and I can see how this is, uh, how his telling of events would lead to the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, it's also worth mentioning that I think that the fact that the movie, spoilers for the movie, if you guys want to stop listening for like the next 10 seconds or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that the movie ends on this note that the uh, killing joke does where it's sort of like, a, oh, but did it actually happen that way? My ending is multiple choice. He um, doesn't say that. I know you want him to say that, but he doesn't. But it, they build up to it in a way that they could have done it. I guess. Which I think, I don't know. That's the way that I took it at okay. least. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it works. The stuff with the Waynes in that movie is unnecessary. Like the stuff with him involved with the Waynes. This is another thing. Yeah. Like you know, don't don't talk about the Waynes 
in terms of like Batman's villains and stuff. Unless you're talking about, I guess, like the the family disputes between the Cobblepots and the Waynes that can play into it. Yeah, it's just weird to me that like the Waynes would be involved in every single one of Batman's villains. <laughs> There's this, you know, I'm thinking now back to what I said about the Travis Bickle kind of scene, and I'm thinking about that part where he puts his fingers in Bruce's mouth, <laughs> and that <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> That was horrifying. That was very weird. I hated it. That was the worst part of the movie. Oh, can you imagine that child? He's like, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar sticking his fingers in my mouth. <laughs> that kid's going to be that kid's gonna be a great actor someday. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, he has fun with the part. It's clear that he has fun with the part, like he should. Um, but I would have liked this to be a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead. Like, instead of what we got, I wish... The, what we I wish what we had gotten would have been the first like fifty or seventy five percent of the movie, and then we actually get like a Batman movie at the end. Yeah, Be, make it like one of those episodes of the animated series where like you go as long as you can without using Batman, but then like actually have Batman show up at the end. Yeah, make it like a year one story where he's like kind of skinny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's what they should have done yeah. instead of making like Bruce a child because. They wanted to put in the Waynes getting shot into the movie. It, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's weird storytelling to me to have this, like, superhero movie that doesn't have any actual superheroics. Mm-hmm. It just sort of plays out like a, a drama. Yeah. So have you, have you talked about your favorite in, in as much length as you wanted to? Because you had a bunch of people who you liked. You didn't necessarily mention your favorite. I wanted to give you a moment to, to gush about your favorite, if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, Jack Nicholson is my favorite live action. I, I'm i talking about, okay, do you have a favorite Joker backstory? Oh, Not, backstory? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess that can tie into your favorite portrayal. Feel, <laughs> feel free to gush about both, because mine is. I, I like, I, I like Red Hood... And the fact that you don't know if it's a, if it's true or not, mm-hmm. um, I honestly can't think of any other Joker origin story where I'm like, oh, that's like the definitive one for me. That's the one that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, even in even in the Dark Knight, uh, he gives three different backstories to three different people, mm-hmm. so you're not quite sure which is actually it. I think yeah. it works really well that Absolutely. he's this agent of chaos, and you don't quite know where he came from, but you know that where he came from is this like deep pit of despair mm-hmm. or craziness. He certainly didn't come from a nice home. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But like the specifics of it don't really matter because there's no amount of tragic backstory that can justify his horrible deeds. Exactly. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. But anyway, Jack Nicholson is my favorite live action and Mark Hamill is my favorite overall. Yeah. Um, special honorable mentions to, uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix? John, no, John <laughs> oh. DiMaggio, who... <laughs> Always steps up to bat to uh, be a, a good Mark Hamill impersonator. John DiMaggio. Yeah, Bender. Are you talking about in the uh, Dark Knight? Just in any animated. He, he voices him sometimes. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about um, the guy who did the voice of him in the Arkham Origins game. T- uh, Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah, Troy, Troy Baker does a good job. Troy Baker did a, ver- did a very good Hamill impression. Yeah, there's a couple other guys who do it, but, you know, they're all... They're all good. Every voice actor is great. I yeah. Uh, we stand voice actors on this on this <laughs> podcast. I met Kevin Connor at an airport once, um, and you know we love it. Um, but yeah, Mark Hamill, the original. Um, all right. So um, 
Do you want to talk about I think, I think my favorite version, uh, backstory-wise, and maybe fully, okay. <laughs> might just be Heath Ledger. So I didn't think this before I started writing this all down. Okay. I didn't even think about him. I was like, yeah, Heath Ledger. I don't want to talk about how much I love Mark Hamill. No. Um, he's incredibly smart, incredibly scary, loyal to no one and nothing, wants to watch the world burn, having fun with it, kind of charming, and extremely iconic. That movie was so massive in a way that superhero movies hadn't been for a really, really long time. And I know that, like, I mean, it was 2008. The MCU didn't really come together until the Avengers in 2012, which also was the year of The Dark Knight Rises, which was not as good. Um, <laughs> not as good as an understatement of the year. Yeah, no, it wasn't as good. I was very sad when I watched that movie. Um, but, yeah, The Dark Knight was a phenomenon of a film. It That's was. True. It was incredible a batman story had never been told like that before not even batman beyond which like set it up um and i just really really batman feel... begins yeah sorry batman begins um i really feel like the heath ledger joker in that was so interesting and so definitive that we really need to have a conversation about okay. how brilliant that writing was that acting was and how it, it shouldn't just be overlooked because there was a lot of bad impressions of it or because there was a lot of you know memes around it or we live in a society or we live in a society or that you know uh, everybody loses their mind why so serious why so serious the, yeah there was a lot of stuff that came out of that that left a bad taste in my mouth especially because i ne i didn't see that movie when it came out oh i saw that movie after the fact uh probably like 2010 ish like, uh, so like a couple of years after it came out, like when it was on like DVD or whatever. Yeah. And it was being aired on cable, like movie channels. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I, it's my issue with the Heath Ledger Joker is just that he's not funny um, okay. enough to be the Joker. Let me stop you there. Okay. Cause when you, when you asked me as we were doing prep for this episode, yeah. does Heath Ledger have any laugh lines yeah. from the other room? I thought about it and I thought, I don't remember laughing at any of his scenes, but let me take a look. Cause I do remember being scared. I watched, I saw that movie, did I see that movie in the theaters? I'm pretty sure I saw that movie in the theaters and I was mm -hmm. uh, 16. So I remember being scared when he, you know, holds that knife up to Rachel's face and, you know, says that he's gonna, you know, slit her mouth open. I remember being terrified mm -hmm. that I was gonna see that with my eyeballs. When I came in to this room to show you a scene and I was like, but wait, look at this. You looked at me with your eyes wide with a little bit of fear and you said, it's not the pencil scene, is it? Because you didn't want to see that. Because you remember how that made you feel. You felt scared of the Joker in that scene and you still feel scared of that scene. You don't want to see no, that part. It's not I winced when I watched that scene again. Okay, yes. It's horrible. It is horrible. And you don't even see it. It's just the implication. <laughs> it is horrible, but it's I don't it's not as funny to me as Nicholson's but jokes. Okay. There there are two very similar scenes in both movies. We are talking about the scene in The Dark Knight where he goes and sees the mobsters and uh he mm -hmm. like 
slams a guy's face down into a pencil. But before he does that, he says, do you want to see a magic trick? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can make this pencil disappear. And then he slams a guy's face down. That is not as funny to me as... Jack Nicholson shaking a guy's hand with a buzzer that has lethal, uh, le- lethal like electricity in it, mm-hmm. and the guy begins smoking, and and Jack Nicholson begins dancing around the room with glee because he just killed a man, because he just killed a mobster in front of all his mobster friend, in front of all his mobster like associates who can't do anything about it. Okay, but here's the thing about Heath Ledger's Joker. He doesn't need to be funny. And he doesn't really, it seems, take all that much glee in killing people. He does his job. He does it for whatever internal demons motivate him to do it. And he doesn't feel the need to be super happy about it. Why does he wear the makeup? Why does he go around as like the clown prince of crime? Clowns don't always have to be funny. There are, you know, numerous sad clowns throughout history that we look to as like, you know, amazing artistic things. He doesn't need to be funny. That being said, he has fantastic comedic timing. And I played that scene for you. And listeners, just just go back into that scene. Watch the end of that scene. Skip the pencil part. There's a part right at the end where he says that the plan is that they're going to kill Batman. And what he demands from that is half of the money from whatever heist these mobsters just pulled off. And the leader of the mobsters gets really angry, stands up, and he backs away and he opens up his coat to show that he's got like eight or nine grenades hanging from his coat and he's got the, the pin in his hand. And he's like, ah, let, just let's not go crazy or else... We might blow up. And the guy goes, you expect us, you expect to just rob us blind and have us do nothing about it? And he just goes, yes. <laughs> and it's just an extremely simple delivery. But the timing and the delivery of it is so funny. It's so quick and it's so perfect. And it just shows that he has a sense of humor. He doesn't feel the need to perform for these people. He doesn't need to. I guess, I, I don't know, I guess that maybe that's the difference is I see the Joker as a performative character. And and you're right that... He does that, plenty of performing. You're right this. that Heath Ledger... Yeah, the dressing up in a nurse's costume. Yes. I, you're right that Heath Ledger does have great comedic timing. He, he's great in that scene. He's great in the scene where he gets interrogated and Batman like slams his head down and he goes, you don't like hit him in the head. It makes him all woozy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a great line. The, the whole... Um, knowing after the fact but even in the movie it's pretty great when he presses the button and it doesn't go off yeah and then he like gets mad and presses the button a bunch of times like that's he looks back exactly and for listeners that don't know that was truly the explosives did not detonate yeah the 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 pyrotechnics went wrong (laughs) and he thought he'd done something wrong and and he looked back and then when it explodes he actually was like oh crap and started running because he didn't know what was going to happen next. That's a beautiful moment captured on yeah. film. Yeah, and, and he didn't break character for that, which, yeah. again, he's an, I'm, I'm not saying he's not a great actor. He's an amazing actor, but he's just not, like, my my, like, perfect Joker. He is for me. He's not my favorite live-action Joker, because my favorite live-action Joker is Jack Nicholson, because I feel like Jack Nicholson is having so much fun, and again, in like a sadistic way. He absolutely revels in like the suffering. (laughs) Heath Ledger's having a ton of fun, and here's how I know. 
I made a list of top five Heath Ledger Joker moments <laughs> that I love Great. from The Dark Knight. Uh, number one, he... Oh, honorable mention is the... is the Yes, from that scene that I mentioned. Yes. Go back and watch it. It's really funny. Um, he repainted a truck that said laughter is the best medicine and made it say slaughter is the best medicine. That was funny. <laughs> these, are, these are just moments that I found iconic okay. that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Okay. I'll be in a nursing home completely devoid of memories and still remembering these five moments from The Dark Knight, the Dark Knight 20, 2008. Um, two, burning a pile of money. That was amazing because he goes through all that trouble to get all that money and then he's like, it's not about that. I don't care. It's about sending a message. It's about sending a message. Which, I don't know, again. Eh. Here's a dig. Uh, he convinced Dent to actually lose his goddamn mind, and it works, unlike in The Killing Joke, where he tries to do the same thing to Commissioner Gordon. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't work. He's able to do it to Dent. Um, and he also does it in a nurse's outfit, which is beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I love that he dresses up as a nurse. Why is he dressed up as a nurse? He's not fooling anyone. It's not even a good costume, but he does it because for the drama. It's great. Um, orchestrating the bank heist in the beginning where mm. each associate kills one another. Think about how much planning, how much careful, patient, you know, threatening, playing five different sides, convincing each one of them that their goal was to kill the next guy. And it's like, oh, but don't worry. It's going to be you and me in the end. And mm. them believing it. Yeah. Have you ever been able to keep, you know, three people from telling a secret to each other, it's impossible. <laughs> so that is a be that just shows how smart he is. Yeah. No. Yeah. Going back and watching those scenes, the dialogue is just glorious. Every word out of his mouth is just makes so much sense to me. That screenplay. And I love it. That screenplay. It's good. Is an amazing screenplay. Good job, Chris Nolan. And. and he, he didn't write it, did he? Did he? Uh, I don't think he wrote it. All right, whatever. Uh, Good job whoever wrote it. That screenplay is an amazing screenplay, and Heath Ledger's performance is a great performance. Mm -hmm. I think you were right when you said that he should have gotten a better Batman. And yeah. if I'm going to be honest, I think it should have been a different director, too. Yeah. I am not a huge fan of the stuff that Christopher Nolan puts out. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah when i said that earlier i you know i do like christian bale i like christian bale a lot christian bale has a special place in my heart for everything he's ever done i was listening to newsies just a few hours ago um and i just he's a great bruce wayne he's not a good batman yeah i would have loved to maybe go back to 1990 and it could have been heath ledger and Kevin Conroy as Batman. <laughs> and I know Kevin Conroy doesn't really do a live action Batman, but that's true. That would have been cool. Uh, I don't think he would have been perfect with Keaton. It would have been a very different No, movie. it would have been a, a different chemistry. Is there any other. Uh, him and. Uh, oh, I'm blanking. The, the Val guy. Kilmer. Not Val Kilmer. George Clooney. No, no, no. The most recent one. Most recent Batman? Ben, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah. That, that wouldn't have been good. I mean, is there any, like, dream casting that you would have gone back in time? I only like one Batman. Yeah? And yeah. it's Keaton? It, no, it's Kevin. Oh, it's Kevin Conner. I only like Kevin. I like Keaton. I think Keaton does a decent job. He's all right. He's a good bird man. <laughs> no, Keaton's good. He's just, you know, of his time. He's he's good at one specific version of Batman. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, that's why Hamill and, and uh, Conroy are so well matched, is that they're both great chameleons. They're both fantastic actors. Yeah, yeah. You know. 
Uh, is there anyone in 2008 that you would have gone back in time, like, you know, to 2008 actors differently? Robert Pattinson. <laughs> he, was, he was like 13 at the No, 2008. That was, that was around when like Harry Potter 4 came out. He would have been like, I don't know, 20. <laughs> That's Twilight years. No, it was always just Twilight 2008, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he would have been young. Could have been a year one story. Maybe. Um, remains to be seen if... Pattinson. I mean, Robert Pattinson's a great actor. I think he'll do a good job. Yeah. No, I, he's I, another actor who I'm I'm just looking forward to him because he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. He really That's true. I I mean Christian Bale always puts on a great performance because he's like willing to like lose a bunch of weight or gain a bunch of weight or put on a bunch of makeup. And like he's been great in, in a lot of things. There's just something about him in that Kevlar suit and uh, like, you know, whispering that it's just not Yeah, it's not the ba- it. The Batman voice that he does is not it, sis. Isn't threatening. No. I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. Ugh. It just sounds like <laughs> It's a it's a bad like voice. even they should have used a voice changer. Even he, going back and like watching those scenes, I'm just like, what are you doing, Christian? Oh my god! Yeah, it's a, it's a very <laughs> weird choice, and yeah. I don't I don't know. Like I, you know, I don't know very much about celebrities, so I don't know who I would have casted, but I would not have casted Christian Bale. Yeah, <laughs> I would have done someone a little more. I don't know. Yeah, I think. He, like a Keaton and like a Kevin Conroy, you have to have someone who has a bit of a a better range yeah. and someone who's maybe a little more soft-spoken as a Bruce Wayne and a little more deep and and brooding as as a Batman. I blame the Kevlar. Yeah. Yeah. You think it was the just the because look? It's the Kevlar. It's the, I don't know. And the I don't know. I don't know. I would give him a, give him another chance. Give him another. Give chance. him another chance. He has an Oscar, right? Give him another chance. Maybe tell him to not do that voice. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Oh, I'm not done yet. Uh, I okay. have my number one iconic Joker moment. Um. When he sticks his head out of the police car like a doggy. <laughs> <laughs> I. I love the freedom in his face mm. and the just the, the the beauty and the joy. And you say he's not a funny joker and it doesn't seem like he's having fun with, with the I role. I didn't say it didn't seem like he had fun with the role. I think he had fun with the role. The two people who I said didn't, or no, I guess it was just Jared Leto is the doesn't only one that I don't okay. think I had fun but with that, the role. But that, that sticks out in my mind as someone loving loving life mm-hmm. and i feel like that's the essence of joker he loves what he does he's yeah. married to the job you know i did want to mention we didn't get I, I didn't get to say it back when we were talking about jared leto i think one of the reasons why jared leto did that thing where he was like oh i'm in character all the time because there were rumors that that was what mark uh what heath ledger did that, what heath ledger yeah. did yeah i i don't like those rumors and i don't like the implication that that's what like potentially like drove drove him to suicide because i mean there's 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 pictures of him just like hanging out on set there's one that i recently learned was photoshopped where he he skateboards he like does like a skateboard jump over uh over christian bale which apparently that was photoshopped the skateboard was never there but i kind (laughs) of wish it was um of him just like having fun on set he was he's an actor they Actors have fun, and yeah. they know how to get lost in a role, but not completely lose themselves. Yeah, you know, it's just another. You know, it was a, a horrible start to what we now know is an all too familiar tragedy of people, uh, you know, falling prey to substance abuse. Yeah. And I said this to you earlier that it's 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 so sad to me that he passed so early because I really would have watched six films with Heath Ledger as the Joker. <laughs> I feel like they kind of gotten so much out of that. Doesn't he die in the end of that movie, though? 
No. Oh, he doesn't? Because remember, about, he, he's... Is it Dent that dies? Doesn't somebody die? Somebody no. dies at the end of that movie. He's trying to get Batman to break his rule to uh-huh. kill him. Mm-hmm. And Batman is able to, you know... I haven't watched that movie forever, but he's able to, like, get around it by spying on everyone in the world or something like that. <laughs> and uh, he's like, okay, well, we're destined to do this forever then. And I was like, I hope so. And then he died. And then I got sad. Mm. So, yeah. In conclusion, that is why Heath Ledger is my favorite Joker, because uh, he is having the most fun in the role. He is the smartest Joker. He is the most interesting Joker, and I love that he doesn't have a backstory, because he doesn't need one. Thank you for attending my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, moral of the story, we love Heath Ledger. I love Heath Ledger. We never did a moral of the story for the Silver Age comic. Oh, um, uh, get a guard for your for your money truck. That's true. Yeah, get a guard for your money train. Yeah, yeah, get a guard for the money train. Get a guard for your money. If you're transporting money, carry a gun. Yeah, I took sixty six dollars to the bank today, and my gun. (laughs) Neither of those things are true. (laughs) That would yeah yeah you're right. I mean, as long as you can hire more men. To defend your goods than the Joker can hire to help him on his heists, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. Yeah. And and you're in a better position because you own the capital mm-hmm. in the first place. Exactly. Okay. Um, what else do we have to say? I don't, I don't know. I'm all worn out. You're all worn I'm out? All, I'm all gushed out. You gushed out about the Joker? Yeah. Well, I would love to hear from our listeners if they have any thoughts on the Joker or portrayals, their thoughts on portrayals of the Joker. You can email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, Our logo was created by Savannah Storm, and you can find her on Instagram. At art.by.savvys. And our theme song was composed by Ben Dean, and you can find his art at... Uh, tinyurl.com slash bendeen that's b-e-n-d-e-n-e and uh, I think that's all we have for you that's all we got like, pour one out for Heath Ledger uh, <laughs> pour one out for Michelle Williams she's still alive but love her she's great uh, tragic tragic story uh, pour one out for all the, all the Jokers Cesar Romero's probably dead yeah Cesar Romero's dead yeah uh, Mark Hamill's still alive he is still good kicking for, good for him he's still doing movies too still kicking yep he he did uh, extra voice lines for I think like the Arkham games recently or something mm-hmm. I don't know ah. he, he's done a lot of stuff he, he's play he's taken up the mantle of the Joker and, and like especially recently a lot of the times he'll be like oh it was like the last time yeah and then <laughs> it's always one last ride exactly with Mark and then he comes back and does it again yeah he says it hurts his voice but mm. I'm like I don't know drink some tea maybe he'll <laughs> get over it he's getting up there in age he is um yeah well we hope you had a good week and yeah. we will see you next week yep hope you enjoyed this mega episode goodbye everybody goodbye everybody we're feeling a lot of feelings <laughs> Good night. Good night.